0: A more beautiful life podcast, recognizing, appreciating, and integrating earliest life experiences. There are times in our lives when we all yearn for something, more contact with others, a special relationship, a better job, more time to oneself, more respect, more love, more support, or well, anything. It can all be summed up in wanting a more beautiful life. You just fill in the blank for what equals beauty for you. My specialty is healing our earliest traumas to discover our truest nature. I've been working at understanding this paradigm for a long time, since 1999 when a client remembered her birth during a craniosacral session she explained to me that she felt healing her birth experience would relieve her lifelong depression that experience took hold of me with such passion so that years later I'm filling in the gap between our ancestral past and our present lives with recognition of our earliest life experiences starting preconception It involves appreciating how we adapted to our difficulties and then integrating any overwhelming experiences into our current lives. Welcome to A More Beautiful Life. This podcast includes luminaries from the fields of infant mental health, prenatal and perinatal psychology, colleagues and experts in trauma resolution, advanced body workers, clients who want to share their stories Authors of pivotal books and articles, and people who, in my opinion, have sought out a more beautiful life. Join me, Kate White, and our honored guest as we explore a more beautiful life. Enjoy. Today on the show, I have Carrie Benenson Tausig. She's returning to talk with us more about her work in visceral biodynamics. Carrie Benenson Tausig is a traditionally trained osteopath in Switzerland and in Canada with the Collège d'Études Osteopathique, and specialized in the brain, autoimmune disorders, including symptoms related to Lyme disease. Carrie follows the biodynamic rhythms in her practice and applies structural integration when indicated by the system of the patient. She supports the three bodies concept and teaches the philosophy of the importance of the in-between spaces as vulnerable vortices. She also works with neuroplasticity and reflections in nature to assist in the rebuild from the original grid. Carrie studied with the Native American Church, works with the bees to help support the hive mind concept integrating with bioresonance in her practice and medical intuition to support the three-bodied system. She is published author, a public speaker on microcirculation alongside the Department in Defense, and the rule of artery as absolute according to Andrew Taylor Still. Carrie is a master forest bather taking patients into the sacred Etruscan forest in Tuscany, Italy. Please enjoy this conversation about her work and about the new course that she's offering in our school. And today on the show I have my friend and colleague, Carrie Benison Tausik. So it's really a delight to have you back. You've been here before. So welcome to the show, Carrie. Thank you so
1: much, Kate. It's great to be here.
0: Well, we wanted to have you back because you're Offering something really dynamic and new, and it's called Releasing the Shock to the Waters a Biodynamic Visceral Course for Long Haul Syndromes. And we also wanted to bring you back to talk a little bit more about your presentations for others that have been so they have ignited people. I mean, I, I was getting calls and emails about Carrie benison and and this Endocrine lecture that you've given, and your deep understanding of the systems in the body and your traditional osteopathic approach. So I'm wondering, Carrie, if you could just take a minute and talk a little bit about yourself for maybe those out there that don't know you and just what you want us to know about what you're doing these days.
1: Okay. Thanks, Kate. So yes, I'm a traditionally trained osteopath trained in Switzerland and Canada. Um, I've been working with osteopathy for 20 years Um, I work both in person. I also work, uh, from a distance in the sense that I do deep mindfulness. I call it mindfulness in the osteopathic field where I go into deep meditation. It's sort of a state of prayer for people who've really suffered. This has brought a lot of, I would say, uh, I've always been known to work and teach from both the fluidic and structural point of view, the three-body concept of the fluidic body, the structural body, and the electromagnetic body. With COVID and all that we've lived, I've really been exploring these in-between spaces, the spaces in between the bodies, these vortexes where we can get fractured, where we can have impact from trauma. We have lived trauma for years now, and now we're seeing also the effects of long COVID and there's a deep listening that I've been called to. So with that, I've started to really work from a meditation point of view in terms of met holding space and going into a deep listening space, both in person as well as from a distance. And that has changed my dynamics as a teacher. Teaching is my heart, doing online courses, in-person training, writing. its It feels like we're all being called to share our experiences and to really bring ourselves to the work, I would say, yes, traditional osteopathy is my foundation. And I love to study the anatomy and I'm very grounded in science, but that as a person also helps me fly and go into these great expansive spaces where we listen and we dialogue. And we. Mm-hmm. this is a really exciting course, this long, we should call it a course program. There are four courses. We look at all four stages of covid and what it's done to our world and to our bodies and it's inviting any any level really of practitioner who's been who's who's seeing this in their practice and asking what are we supposed to do now it's about mm-hmm. looking at the system as a whole the community and the body um in the sense that this is really a systemic issue and we're looking a lot as shock to the waters we are mm-hmm. Up to 85 percent fluid and so this has made a great impact in terms of shock on systems in certain areas of the spirit and of the body all
0: right well yeah well just, let's just back up a second because okay. i want just want to say that yes my experience of being with you is that there's this beautiful manual um, approach which for those of us out there that love anatomy I mean, I don't know any (laughs) more money, anyone more exact about it than you. And so but there's this beautiful combination of spirit and matter in your uh teaching. And so for those of you out there listening, if this is your first time getting to know Carrie, I mean there's an amazing combination. So that yeah, I feel very grounded in the body and, and and love my manual therapy approaches and get nurtured by that. But then what did you say? I lift off, have wings. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's this full spectrum approach that that is so engaging. And for those of you out there that don't have manual therapy skills or know what we're talking about, it it just feels like um, that there is a way that there are teachers on the planet that can engage with us uh, on these levels and Carrie is one of them. So I just feel like it's such a it's such a pleasure and uh, to know you and to try to describe these things to to people it's like how would you describe the the the, the getting to know the systems of the body and and why is that important mm-hmm. just, just start there okay well we do look at the systems we We
1: need in a way to have that container of looking at each system and what it does, the gastrointestinal, the cardiorespiratory, the urogenital, the autonomic nervous system, the brain. We look at the different systems and also how they work together with the endocrine system, the hormones being the chemical messengers that essentially tell all the systems what to do and are produced in all of the systems. It also guides the, the immune system. The immune system is what creates the regeneration Inflammation actually creates reactivity, and then the immune cells need to go to bed and replenish and restore. And so we look at all of these spirals in the body because it can feel overwhelming when we're really holding the system. Um, If I were to give an example, does that work for you, Kate? I would. What comes to mind is to talk about the lungs. This is we're looking at the impact, the long haul syndrome, and how our whole world is suffering. There's a lot of rage involved, and what does that mean? How do we help these? Syndromes that are where once there's been an impact of a virus, really any virus, there can be these situations where it goes on and on and the system can't recover. What we do is we sink in, first of all, to the lungs. We simply place our intention on the lungs. And we know that on the right side, we have three different lobes, and on the left, we have two lobes. So we get acquainted with this sort of right side where the lobes, when we breathe in, they sort of act like dominoes, where they start to spiral. One knocks into the other, then the other one knocks into the other, and there's sort of this spiraling that happens. Same thing happens on the other side. There's a spiraling outward and down. That's also the breathing diaphragm at the base of the ribs that goes down and out. We start to get acquainted with these areas and the differences, and we, we listen to what the body wants to show us. And we learn about things like how the lungs actually attach, I should say the covering of the lungs that we call the pleura, actually attach up into the first rib and the lower cervical. So all this achy, stiff and sore, this sort of weight on the shoulders, we look at those places that are very sacred and special of where the lungs hang from and how we can sort of get into these compensation patterns. We think about the concept that the lungs are held in two soft bags that are inelastic called the pleura. There's the covering of the organ itself, which is called the visceral pleura. And then we have the parietal pleura on top that attaches to the inside of the ribs and all other places. And in in between these two layers, we can get a lot of fermentation and heat. It's a storage space for the shock. And the old traditional osteopaths talk about the shock on the body when, there's, when there were things like diphtheria and scarlet fever and how this created a shock on, uh, uh, imposed shock upon the system that created a sense of heat and fermentation in these in-between layers that then maybe created some sticky little micro adhesions, so things get really sticky. Then we have shortness of breath so we're not really getting in the oxygen. And then we look at how we can hold that shock. Why is there shock? And how the conduction of the information through the nerves can also be disrupted by this fermentation, heat shock, et cetera, different experiences in holding these areas, learning about the these areas, then, that, then we say, wow, well, if this area is weighted down, this is actually an eliminatory system, like our gastrointestinal system is an eliminatory system. So for compensated here, mm-hmm. we might be starting to look down at the supportive system, like a teeter-totter to say, the gastrointestinal system is overworking. And that in itself can start to create issues in both. So we start to hold the containers of the systems and learn about um, how the body reacts and responds.
0: Um, that, that's beautiful. I mean, I, I'm i beginning to go along with you and all your description. But let's talk for a minute about shock. I mean, this this class is called, uh, actually, it's, what did you call it? A four-part, four-course part. I mean, it's a long well, not that long, but it is a course of four courses, um, mm-hmm. and this is coming up in 2023 with us. But it's called "Releasing the Shock to the Waters," a biodynamic visceral course for long haul syndromes. And, and and in my practice, I tr- I treat shock. I mean, I treat shock. I treat shock from traumas. I treat um, shock from things that happened before we were born and how that shows up in our bodies. I, you know, the whole birth aspect, uh, prenatal aspect, and then things that happen to us in our lives, whether it's a car accident, like I know what you've gone through, or an assault of some kind. And I I know there are a lot of practitioners out there that are curious about how we can treat shock. And and I know that this is a foundational part of our health. Maybe it, it sets us up for being vulnerable to viruses. And and tick bites and all the things that you know. So can you talk a little bit more about shock? Absolutely. So
1: I did study um, Lyme disease for four years. That was the focus of my thesis to become a traditionally trained osteopath. And looking at the autoimmune dysfunction, like the whole umbrella where we see Lyme, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia. We look under, we say, what is it? And the really, the predisposition component was shock. So in my studies, which I bring a lot of that to this this four course program is to teach and share that because I'm finding a lot of similarities with long COVID and these syndromes. And I can talk a little bit more if we have time. I can talk a little bit more about certain, um, certain parallels, specifically in the anatomy. But what happens is most people have a compaction at the cranial base. They had some sort of compaction either to the cranial base or to the sacrum. So the core link is already in shock. That creates sort of a overreactivity in the autonomic nervous system because the brain does not like to be weighted down. It can be that the person chipped their two front teeth or hit their nose, or they had some birth trauma, which you know, yeah. teaching, that can create that predisposition and the body can react to it as it is, which is shock. So the limbic system, the autonomic nervous system is already in a reactivity, and that makes it so that the immune system cannot really find space on a day-to-day basis to recover. Um, So there's a predisposition both structurally. We know also that emotional components can create structural issues that are similar to a mechanical concussion. So you can get emotional concussions, you can get head hits, anything that really creates a, um, a, a shock or a blockage or compression to the cranial sphere or cr- cranial sacral sphere really creates a sort of setup for this. And the body gets into a rhythm where it's not able to go into rest and digest. And so the immune system with time also gets really fatigued. And then you have a walloping virus that comes on top. Yeah. So there's already an over-inflammatory situation going on. The rest and digest isn't happening in terms of a 50-50 equilibrium. And then boom, it goes into even more reactivity. So we use a lot of those somatic emotional practitioners um, are fantastic because they know how to dialogue with Mm -hmm. the, the scared brain. They know how to dialogue with these areas that may be fractured in a way. From trauma, it could be a broken rib. That is a fracture point where pathology, heavy metal, all these sorts of things can come into places where we've had trauma That's and where there's a bit of sort of an energetic fracture. These become in between spaces where the dysfunction can land. And our job is to listen to that both in a structural, anatomical hold, but also to listen to the vibrations and the frequencies that are just calling, "Please hold me." so that I can tell my story.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, I know that in my private practice and many, maybe those out there listening, I have people now coming with what I would call dysautonomia, like the dysregulation of the autonomic nervous system from whether it's COVID or the stress from the pandemic. I mean, uh, people are holding it so together for so long, the exhaustion Mm -hmm. in our system. So I feel like helping people understand like what... What kinds of things um, what kind of ways, how does it showing up in our people and and what what does it look like to get a treatment from you know from your perspective, Carrie? Well, that's a
1: great question. I would say first of all, in terms of what's coming in, the shock starts to melt and then there's just a sense of rage. It's rage in the tissues. It's acidity that's creating stickiness. So if we were to say, what is the treatment usually like? And that's what's coming from what what will be the takeaway mainly from the program is that, for example, if somebody comes in and they are dealing with fatigue or pain or traveling, traveling symptoms, we call them, or breathing, shortness of breath, headaches, all sorts of things that are coming in. What do we, what we do is we open the channels. This is the releasing of the shock to the waters as we open the drainage channels. We open up the areas like the clavicles where the lymphatics are draining. We have to help structurally and even in a sense, energetically by invite, of course, is open the areas of drainage and then looking for the stones in the river that the system is calling, please come help me move this. Maybe it's a liver that's low. A liver, we can walk around with a liver out of alignment or the connective tissue that holds the liver out of alignment, just like a bone. But if the areas, because of a broken collarbone, or perhaps first rib is low, there are certain areas that we look for. If those areas are congested and the rock of the liver is guided back home into its pos- proper position so that when the person breathes, there's an exchange of healthy fluids, If we don't open first the channels of drainage and we go and move the stone, they can go into a healing crisis. They can get worse. They can get more drawn into the long haul syndrome. So to be very careful, from an osteopathic view, we're actually kind of working backwards because as traditional osteopaths, we're taught to go and find the biggest blockages first, dialogue according to the three different bodies, three different palpation levels of fluid, structure, and energy. And we go for the most important blockages first. In this case with long COVID, we're working from a very different angle. It's very nurturing. It's very much slow, shorter sessions, areas that are considered hub stations where the small intestine is very much a part of that. It needs to be free from all of its neighbors so it can spin while we breathe. These are sort of the different approaches that we take to on table work.
0: Yeah. So it'll be hands-on palpation work. I mean, we're doing this through Zoom. I know that this online course will come up, but there'll be chances to to engage with you here in the U.S., I know, in person. Coming up, and I know that we don't have a lot of time today to talk about all the opportunities that we're going to have to learn from you, Carrie, but I would like just to say for people out there, I mean, there's a lot of ways that people can help others. And the somatics of our time, like really helping people ground and people heal uh, using touch. I mean, I I know that during the COVID, you know, we couldn't have that sort of in-person core uh, feeling, but now once people started to come back, I mean, there's a huge demand for touch therapies. Um, so this course is open to more than just uh manual therapist though, right? People can come study w- with you who have sort of re- co-regulating touch and other things, right?
1: Absolutely. I feel like the 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 person with heart is what counts. The beginner hand is sometimes the most um, respectful and precious. Of course, it's a person by person. Those who don't have the sort of hands-on training, um, it, it, it will be good to, to to dialogue with us. But the idea is if you're called to this work, this work should be available because this is a sort of course where anyone listening and being in the group in the field itself will benefit. I do talk a lot about the meditation or what I call prayer space where you just actually with an intention go into meditation and source different um, aspects of nature to come in and sit in those fracture sites, working with the idea of walking through the forest, working with the idea of the butterfly landing upon the ribs of the thoracic cage and moving slowly into functionality. We use visualization techniques as well to be able to work in a state of meditation, even while we're working on with hands-on, or even if we're working from afar where we're going into meditation with the intention of connecting to another person on the planet, we have these visualization techniques that we can actually use and talk through with the person whether it be online or after the fact or recording sent to that person is to bring in mother nature the creator and the potency of the fulcrum that you might find in the glistening stream to help the waters of the body so Mm -hmm. we work on different levels
0: Uh, Well, I think that sounds like a good place to complete for today, Carrie. And Mm -hmm. I always ask all my guests, what makes your life more beautiful? I can kind of guess from listening to that (laughs) little piece, but I'll give you a chance just to say, so what makes your life more beautiful, Carrie?
1: Um, I would say family, absolutely time with family, Um, being with the bees. I've recently gone back to spending time with the bees, grew up with the bees. And being a part of this great community, being able to exist and be in friendship and colleague and with, with people at this elevated space where we get to learn and listen
0: about all of this. So, for John. Well, thank you. Thank you, Carrie. Thanks for coming on the show. And thank you continue. so much. You've been listening to A More Beautiful Life podcast. To support our show, please go to Patreon forward slash A More Beautiful Life.